This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Guess what's in store? Life After Lemons. The podcast with Paul Cook. This is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. If you ever stop listening to The Paul Cook Show. Life After Lemons. I am coming for you. Academy Award right here. (laughs) For the past 20 years, I've been fascinated with discovering ways for people to overcome obstacles. Then my wife and I both were diagnosed with different advanced cases of cancer here in our 40s. Life After Lemons. So I cannot wait to work together with you and my my compelling guests to seek and share examples of rare victory right here on this podcast every time you click on a new episode life after lemons the podcast with paul cook <laughs> i think so with it here's the question i have for you if you knew you're probably going to die within the next year and you were able to get around You were able to speak, make great ideas. You weren't bedridden and in total agony. What would you do with that time you had left? You lived a pretty long life. You want more. But what would you pass on? We're going to find out. You have to hear the cancer journey of Terry Tucker and the amputations. Most importantly, not his talk about dying, but his ideas about living. I want to welcome you to Life After Limits. Thanks for being available. Well, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so a rare form of melanoma. Yeah, a rare form of melanoma. Not as behind the curve as I am now, but yeah, literally the the greatest challenge of my life began in 2012 when I was diagnosed with this rare form of melanoma that presented, Mm. of all places, on the bottom of my left foot. I was a high school basketball coach, and I had a callus break open under the third toe. And I, I didn't really think a lot out of it because I was on my feet a lot during the day coaching and things like that. And yeah. when it didn't heal, I w- went to a friend of mine who was a podiatrist and he, you know, well, let's do some the easy stuff. Let's do some pads. Well, that didn't work. You might have a cyst in there. And, and he cut out a little, he's like, I've been practicing for 25 years, seen thousands of these, no big deal, but I'll send it off to pathology. Wow. And two weeks later, I get the call. Like I said, he he had been a friend of mine. And when I heard him on the other end of the phone, I just knew my life was mm. being turned upside down. And mm. he said, you have this very rare form of melanoma on the bottom of your foot. Only about 6,500 people in the U.S. get this form of cancer every year. You need to go to MD Anderson, which is probably the greatest cancer hospital in the world to be treated. Mm, and mm. I guess what I'm going to describe to you, I, w- I want your audience to understand that 
what I'm going to describe was, was my experience through cancer. I realize there are thousands and thousands of people out there who are suffering sure. terribly with their diseases, whether they be mental or physical. And I make no claims to have the market cornered on suffering. But I'll tell you, one thing I've learned is that suffering is one of life's greatest teachers. And you probably know that from you know your experience with cancer and certainly your wife's experience with breast cancer. Sure. Absolutely. So, I would never, you know, a couple of years ago, I would say, oh no, one of these about suffering being good. I hate suffering, but oh my God, if you spoke some truth right there, Terry. So it, you go ahead. I'm sorry. It really, no, no, that's, uh, you know, it, it, it really is. And, and, you know, people, they, you know, I mean, did you suffer worse than this person or are you, <laughs> it, it's like, we're all suffering. It, you know, I, I don't try to grade it or, or put it in a category, but anyway, so I had two surgeries at MD Anderson to remove the tumor and all the lymph nodes in my groin. And I had a skin graft to close the wound where the cancer had been cut out. And then after I healed, I was put on a weekly injection of a drug called interferon to help keep the disease from coming back. Now, interferon for me was a horrible, nasty, debilitating drug. And I took those Mm. weekly injections for four years and seven months before the medication became so toxic to my body that I ended up in the intensive care unit with a fever of 108 degrees, which usually is incompatible with being alive. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It it was pretty nasty. But while I was on interferon, it gave me these severe flu-like symptoms for two to three days every week after each injection. I lost 50 pounds during my therapy. As a matter of fact, I got to a point where I was pretty sure I was skinny enough that I could go hang gliding on a Dorito. You know, it was just (laughs) kind of of one of those things. But, you know, I mean, I kind of had flu symptoms. I was nauseous. I was fatigued. I was chilled. Even my ability to taste food diminished and my body continually ached. And this misery went on for over 1,660 days. For years. I mean, that that's the worst. Those flu symptoms, I have I have feared that for so often. Oh my God. But it was said that it would help the melanoma, the rare melanoma not come back, huh? It, it was said, but once I got that <laughs> 108 degree fever, I was basically taken off that. It's like, you know, you've reached kind of the point where it's not going to do you any good and it's going to do you more harm than good. Mm. And unfortunately that was, um, uh, 2017, the cancer came back in 2017, of course. Um, (laughs) I tried some other medication, which didn't work. 2018, uh, January of 2018, I had my left foot amputated. Um, Unbelievable. Disease came back in 2019, had two more surgeries. Earlier this year, an undiagnosed tumor in my ankle grew large enough to fracture my tibia. And the um, really the only option I had was the amputation of my leg. Uh, above the knee, which occurred, of course, leave it to me to do that during a global pandemic. (laughs) Pandemic, yes. And, uh, you know, only surgery in the hospital. Nobody can be with you. Should have been in for a week. Uh, (laughs) Basically, the therapists were going, you know, you need to be here for a week. Well, I'm going to be here for 48 hours. So teach me everything you need to teach me oh my in 48 gosh. hours. Exactly. All those therapists that can teach you how to work with your yeah. new life. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then uh, in addition, I, more testing found tumors in my lungs. I've been on chemotherapy for since probably about June. And I mean, my oncologist pretty much has told me I'm coming to the end. So but you know what? I'm okay with that. I, I, I'm, I really am. I am at peace with, with that because I've, I've lived a great life. Unbelievable attitude. Please. I know you've got a book coming out. Uh, just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> keep talking. And okay. I'm so sorry this happened to you. I am so sorry. 
you know, I, and people say that, and I, I, and I appreciate that, but I don't, you know, I don't have any malice. One of the things I, I promised myself when I got cancer was I was not going to take my misfortune out on anybody else. I wasn't going to take it out on a nurse or a doctor <laughs> or a therapist or my wife or my daughter or anybody else. You know, we, oh my gosh. we all have, I, there, there's, there's, there's kind of a great story that I like to tell. I've always been a big fan of Westerns. And when I was little, my mom and dad used to let me stay up and I could watch Gunsmoke and Maverick. And my favorite <laughs> was Wild Wild West. And in 1993, the movie Tombstone came out. And it started out mm. Kilmer as Doc Holliday and, and Kurt Russell as Wyatt Earp. And Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday were two living, breathing human beings that actually walked on the face of the earth. They're not made up characters for the movie. And at the very end of the movie, you know, Doc Holliday, who was, they called him Doc because he was a dentist by trade, but he was pretty much a gunslinger and a card shark. But he had befriended Wyatt Earp, who pretty much was a lawman his entire life. So Doc is dying in a sanitarium in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. And Doc did actually die in the sanitarium in Glenwood Springs, and he's buried in the Glenwood Springs Cemetery. And wow. Wyatt, at this time, uh, is destitute. He has no job. He has no money. He has no prospects for a job. So he comes every day to visit Doc, and the two men play cards as a way to pass the time. And so they're at the very, very end of the movie, this scene happens. And so they're talking about what they want out of life. And Doc says... You know, I was in love with my cousin when I was younger, but she ended up joining a convent over the affair. She's all that I ever wanted. And he looks at Wyatt and he says, what about you, Wyatt? What do you want? And Wyatt kind of nonchalantly says, I just want to lead a normal life. And Doc mm -hmm. looks at him and says one of the greatest lines I think was ever written for a movie. He said, there's no normal, there's just life. And get on with living yours. <laughs> you know, I remember and, it. and I love that because, I mean, would I like to not have cancer? You bet. Would you like to have not had cancer? You bet. But these mm -hmm. are the cards that we've been dealt and we have to play them. This is our life. So, you know, there's no use bellyaching or whining about it or, you know, getting upset. Yeah. About it. This is this is our life now and we have to deal with it. So <laughs> I, I like that story because I kind of think it puts things in perspective. Incredible uh, resilience and acceptance. And that is one of my favorite movies of all time. And that is one of my favorite characters of all time. He was so cool. He was an incredible gunslinger. And man, he just didn't care. Did he? I mean, he, did he have the greatest lines in the world, Val Kilmer? I don't oh, he, he should have been a nom nominated at that I time. Agree. I, it was I agree. It was really good. Oh, well, what a great scene. I know those that just hit you right between the eyes. Uh, really amazing. You know, I want to ask you, though, I creep sometimes into blame of myself. Uh, if I had eaten better or this, you know, and they tell me, no, no, your past life. But it, it, with what you had, I mean, there's no way you could do that. Uh, that's a little tiny gift that you don't blame yourself. Well, I'm asking a question there. No, I, I, I don't. I don't I don't blame anybody. I don't blame myself. I I have a very deep belief in God. I don't even blame God. I don't think God said, hey, Terry, you're going to get cancer. Me if, neither, man. Me if, neither. If I got it, you know, I think that the suffering that, that I'm going through, that you've gone through, that your wife has gone through, you know, people that have to deal with this day in and day out and really kind of have to get that mindset. It's like, because I always tell people, you know, you can you can succumb to the debilitating pain and discomfort or you can use it to make you a stronger and better human being. And, and people ask, well, how do you do that? I said, you turn that pain and that suffering inside. You turn it in. It's like, you know what? It's not something to be feared. It's something to energize me. 
I'm going to kick this disease's butt. <laughs> or you know what? I'm going to go down and try it. I have, I have a post-it note that sits on my desk. I'm looking at it right now. And it has mm-hmm. three sayings on it. The first one says, control your mind or it will control you. Mm-hmm. The second one says, embrace your pain and suffering and use it to make you a stronger and more determined individual. And the third one says, as long as you don't quit, you can never be defeated. Wow. That is unbelievable. I love notes too. I'm talking to Terry Tucker, the author of Sustainable Excellence. Not just an author. This man has just said that he is nearing the end. Uh, and I just have so much respect for you. I, I Unbelievable. This, this, this attitude is, I feel selfish because it's helping me so very much. But um, tell me, it's a choice you make, isn't it? Cause I guess you could let it, you could succumb or you could do what you're doing, which is extraordinary, but you can't do both. No, you can't. I mean, your mind can only hold one thought at a time. And for a while I coached high school basketball and, and I used to tell my players, the only things you can control are your attitude and your effort. Everything mm-hmm. else in a basketball game, totally out of your control. Refs are terrible, out of your control. Other team is real hot that night, out of your control. So the only thing you can control is your attitude and your effort. And, and I'm going to I'm gonna date myself really bad right now. But in well, 19- you already did with Tombstone. I'm sorry. Oh, and then, that was 93. Well, this is going to be even worse. So <laughs> okay. in 1976, the U.S. gold medal Olympic, Olympic swimmer, Shirley Babishoff, had one of the greatest quotes I ever heard. And this is what she said. She said, winners think about what they want to happen and losers think about what they don't want to happen. Winners can override their brains and focus on the things they want to occur. Losers focus on the negative aspects of competition and aren't able to see the positive qualities of pursuing a goal or a dream. You and I know there are some positive things that come out of cancer. There are some positive things that come out of suffering. We may not like them, but there are some positive things. And you mentioned it before. Is there somebody listening to, to us talk right now that'll be like, you know what? I was inspired by these two men listening to them talk about this. I'm going Hopefully. to attack whatever it is. My disease, the fact I need to get out of this you know, bad relationship, the fact I need to you know, look for a new job, whatever that is. If we can do that, man, that's, that's great. I mean, I always tell people totally. when they say, oh, coming to the end, you know, that's, that's really sad. I, I don't think it's sad because I look at it, everybody dies but not everybody lives. And I've lived a great life and I have a deep faith. And in all honesty, Paul, I'm kind of excited about what's on the other side. (laughs) I hear you as a, as a believer, I feel the same. I don't, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, is it what you thought all that we could get into that, but uh, what an attitude to have. Um, Gosh, tell me about the support of your family. Tell me a little bit about your family. I, I am the luckiest person in the world. I, my wife and I have been married for 27 years. We have one child, uh, a daughter, who uh, is a graduate of the United States Air Force Academy and is a lieutenant in the, the newly created Space Force. Incredible. So, um, you know, everything she does is top secret. So conversations with her about work or, you know, how's work? I can't talk about it. Oh, good talking to you. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> so, you know. Fascinating. Wow. But it's, it's really, I, I've got a kind of a cute story or, or I think a very meaningful story for me regarding my family and kind of how they, they helped me. When I, when I had my second surgery at MD Anderson, they removed all the lymph nodes in my groin. And I had 40 staples that went from kind of my thigh up through my groin and up into my abdomen. 
Oh. And when when I got out of the hospital, they offered me pain medication and it wasn't a very long drive home. So I said, no, I, I didn't like I don't like to take pain medication if I don't have to. Mm-hmm. So I get home and I manage the, the three steps from the garage into the house on my crutches. And then I've got to navigate seven steps to a landing and then seven more steps to get upstairs to the bedroom. <laughs> and I, I get those first seven steps and the the staples in my groin feel like my groin is on fire. I mean, they are pulling and pinching. I'm covered in sweat. I'm, <sighs> I'm breathing heavy. And I just look at my, my, my daughter and I'm like, look, I need to sit down. Now, I'm six foot eight. And at the time, I was 240 <laughs> pounds. And my daughter was like, absolutely not. And she <laughs> grabs me from the front. And my wife pushes me from the back. And they got me up those seven stairs. And I, when I talk to people, I often ask them, you know, who in your life are you pushing or pulling toward their goal? Or maybe even more importantly, who in your life is pushing you toward your, your goals, pushing or pulling mm. you towards your goals? I mean, if, if it hadn't been for my wife, I, I, I'd definitely be dead by now. I mean, she has, she has been there. I've asked her to put me in a nursing home and just get on with her life. <laughs> You won't do oh it. My. You know, I mean, it, it is. I mean, we've been dealing with this for almost nine years now. So it's it's been quite right. a journey. Man, uh, what a story. It's so true. A great little analogy for life. And, uh, you know, I even want to add on what a, what a really cool wife and, and daughter you have. Like, who isn't doing that? You know, are you just being toxic with somebody or maybe it's the gossip of the day and they're, you know, they're about something to live down to. I don't mean family. I mean, friends and that. And sometimes we need to trim away some of that so we can grow and examine who has been trying to lift you up and, and push you to be better because you said it. I mean, we could talk for days, but you, you said it. I mean, you got to make that choice. You still have one life to do and wasting time with toxic people and situations that aren't helping you grow really are going to be bad. You can have regrets in the future. You are. And and I always tell people, and and, and this really, really bothers me. And, 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 and I'll be honest with you, I've done it and, and maybe you have done it, but you know, you're, you're going in for a test or, you know, you're, you're going to be hospitalized or something like that. And, and you always get these people that are like, Hey, if you need anything, you know, give me a call. <laughs> and I, and I, I, that drives me nuts. It's kind of like, you know, you're, it's kind of like being on the sidelines watching a game and trying to convince yourself that you're actually playing, you know, cause you're not. And, and, yeah. and I used to tell people, it's like, you know, the same things you need to do at your house, you know, the dog needs to go for a walk or the garbage needs to be taken out or the, the lawn needs to be cut or, or, or you know, I need a meal. Those are the same things I got to do at my house. But guess what? I don't have time to think about what you can do for me. Oh, my God. I remember the first time I I had first surgery I had, I got out of the hospital. I was home. I I didn't have to stay in the hospital. I I, I just gotten home and my cell phone rings. And it's a friend of mine. This man was probably at the time 95 years old. He'd Mm. been in World War II. He and I were great friends. He lived to be over 100. And he's on the other. He's like, look, I know you just got home. Can I stop by for a minute and give you something that I got at Costco? Now, here's my 95-year-old buddy shows up at the house with a pan of cream cheese Danish and a fully cooked turkey that he bought at Costco. Bang, we got breakfast for the morning and food for that night. That was so great. You know, it was simple. Here here you go. I'm leaving. Bye. You know, I know you got stuff to deal with. But that's the kind of stuff, you know, you got to get involved in people's lives. And- 
you can't watch from the sidelines and convince yourself that, you know, yeah, I'm playing. No, you're not playing. You're not even involved. So, you know. oh, it, oh, that's such a great point. And the initiative to just do it, you know, like uh, no one's going to tell you that sick or whatever, you know, after hearing, can I help you with anything? Yes. Let me give you a list of yeah. things. We just don't work that way. You know, maybe right. some of us do, but uh, I learned that so much as well that you just got to do it. Just got to give. Uh, it's almost a cop out in a way, but I also know people are scared, confused, and don't know what the hell to do. <laughs> and, and you're right, that's true. I mean, the number of people who don't want to talk about it because it scares them, mm-hmm. and, and I kind mm-hmm. of look at it like, you know, we're all probably, unless we just drop dead of a heart attack one day, we're all going to be in the position that you know you and I and your wife have been in. You know. Mm-hmm. It's, probably at the end of our lives. You know, you, you're going to get cancer. You're going to get diabetes. You're going to get heart disease. You're going to, you're going to get something and you're going to need people to be there for you. And I always think about that. It's like, if that's the case then I want to be there for people now, I want to help people as many people as I can with whatever time I have left. I want to put as much goodness, kindness, and love back into the world as I possibly can, because God knows this world could use it right now. Oh, man. Oh, man. I want to hear. I'm talking to Terry Tucker. He is an author. He's done so many things. The book is Sustainable Excellence. I want to hear about the book, but you just said something right now. How are you doing? I mean, how are you dealing with right now? You mentioned, you you know, you had the amputation and all that going on. What about for a guy who's dealing with an illness like this during a pandemic? It's like we can't give advice. We can't say, oh, well, here's how I did it, you know, back then or like you're, you know, a friend can't because it's never happened. No, 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 it certainly hasn't. But I, I, I mean, and, and it's I'm going to say it's kind of funny. It really isn't. I mean, you can always tell the people who don't like being with their family because those are the ones like, <laughs> yeah, I got to get back to work. I get back to the office. You know, I mean, I love my family. I love hanging around them and, you know, and, and being around my wife and daughter and me stuff too. like that. So for me, this is, although I'm pretty much homebound, uh, you know, I just got my cool new wheelchair. You know, it, it's kind of a, I went to college at the Citadel in South Carolina. So it's kind of a Citadel blue and I was trying to get her to put claims on it, you know, but they wouldn't do that. But, you know, I, I mean, at this point in time, you know, it is what it is. And every time I go to the hospital, you know, people ask me, you know, is your wife here? I'm like, no, my wife's not here. I don't want her here. I, I don't want her to be in the hospital where she might get exposed to, to some of this stuff. So as long as I have the physical strength to propel myself around in the wheelchair and get from appointment to appointment, I'm good. Now there may come a time where I need somebody to, to get me there, but sure. yeah, this is, this is uncharted waters. And just like, you know, I kind of go back to the example that I gave, turn that suffering, turn that, you know, I got to be at the household. You know what? Turn that inside, get tougher, get stronger, mm-hmm. make yourself more determined and just get through this. We will all get through this. I, I always think back, people used to ask me, well, what do you think about like the night before you're going to have, you know, your foot amputated or your leg amputated or, you know, you got to go in for surgery. I said, the thing, I, I don't know why, but the thing I always used to think about was what were those, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 year old kids who were on those ships getting ready to storm Normandy or, you know, <laughs> parachute behind the enemy lines. What were they thinking about? Because thousands <laughs> of them got wiped out, never mm-hmm. had their lives. You know what? Mm. I've I've lived my life, but I always think, what what were they thinking? And I, I look back at that generation. You know, the, yeah, we got attacked. We're kind of getting attacked by a virus now. 
those people stepped up and said, hey, how can I help? And so mm. many people today, their attitude is, what's in it for me? Right. Nothing. You know what? Step up and help somebody else. Yeah, man, oh man, uh, it is. It was a different breed, and it's it's a scary time for that alone. Without the pandemic of uh, what you owe me, you know, and sure. if you spend your life sitting in that, you know, we've seen plenty of people. You're never really happy. And then let me just go on that word. I think you're getting close to it. You know, with incredible points, Terry Tucker. Uh, you, you just got to. This guy's amazing. Sustainable excellence is his book, but happy. I mean, I, I, I'm telling my girls, like, there is no guarantee that we're always going to be happy, you know? And I think that some of us are under that, uh, feeling that I'm not happy. The world needs to hold all change, you know? Well, there is suffering there. We're all suffering and in different ways and, and it connects us. It, it does connect us. And you know what? There's nobody out there that owes you anything or that is responsible mm. for your happiness. That's all on you. If you're not happy, that's your problem. <laughs> it's you know, your job, right? It, it's not, you know, I can't make you happy. You have to make yourself happy. And, and, and you said it before, if there are toxic people in your life, then get rid of those people mm -hmm. and put good quality people who, you know, I, I always say, I want people around me who will tell me the truth, who will tell mm -hmm. me, you know, Terry, you're kind of messing up here or you're not going down the right road. You know, and, and I don't want to be like, well, you know, you're not agreeing with me, so you're not in my inner circle anymore. No. Yes. Okay. Yes. You, were, you were man enough, woman enough, whatever, to, to own up and say, Terry, you, you're making a mistake. You shouldn't do this. Okay. Oh, man, I, yeah, you're right. You're right. And I don't want to be so insecure that someone can't help me. A friend can't be honest to help me. Like, oh, right. don't hurt my feelings, you know? And that's another thing I want to help my girls with, that it's, I'm not here to just make you feel good. We got to grow. You know, and we make mistakes, of course, right? Oh, absolutely. But as a as a parent, you know, people used to ask me, you know, well, gee, your daughter went to the Air Force Academy. You know, you must have done mm -hmm. something right. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'll pat myself <laughs> on the back a little bit, but she did all the heavy lifting. I mean, this was a, a young woman and, and I talk about her in the book, how, you know, when she was between seventh and eighth grade, how she was diagnosed with dyslexia and anxiety disorder and an attention disorder and how she got with a learning specialist and overcame all that to go to the Air Force Academy and, you know, take physics and chemistry and engineering and all these other classes. And, you know, and in 2019, walk across the straight stage and receive her diploma and shake hands with the president of the United States. It's like, yeah, I, you know, I have some, you know, help or I helped her in some way, but I always kind of look at parents and like, here's the thing I tell you, remember this, you're the parent, you're not their friend. You know, you're going to have to make those tough decisions that they're not going to like. Yeah. That's and that what is parenting tough. is about. You know, it's kind of like being a CEO. The CEO doesn't get paid the big bucks because he's involved in the everyday stuff. He gets or she gets the big bucks because when things hit the fan, that's when they step up and they make it happen. So wow. I look at it the same way with parenting. It's like, I'm not your friend, honey. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're not going to do that. You know, I don't like you. Well, you don't like me, but I love you. So that's why I'm making this decision. Man, I could chop this thing up and m write my own book. I'm not going to, Terry, I promise. But no, uh, <laughs> tell me about, give me a few of uh, your uncommon principles. Uh, it just looks so good. Well, let me, let me kind of explain how this book happened because it was really, um, I wrote this book from the time I had my leg amputated the time I started chemotherapy. So about two and a half, three months. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, I had a conversation with one of my former basketball players who 
went to the University of Georgia, and now she and her fiance are living here in Denver. And I said, you know, I'm really glad you're here because I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I, I get to watch you, you know, kind of find and live your purpose. And she got quiet for a while and she kind of looked at me. She's like, well, coach, what do you think my purpose is? I said, I don't know what your purpose is. But I, I, I gave her a quote from Mark Twain that, wow. that I really love. And it, it goes like this. The two most important days of our lives are the day we're born and the day we figure out why. And <laughs> I went back to her and I said, you know, here's that quote. I said, I don't know what your purpose is, but you've got to find it. And you've got to be open to it with your heart. And if you do that, it, it will find you, you know. And, and she said, well, how will I know? I said, if you get out of bed in the morning and you're excited to do whatever your purpose is, then you found it. And I also told her, I said, your purpose Great. will give you peace. You know, if, if, yes. if, you're, pur- if you're doing something and you're, you're not peaceful with it, then it isn't your purpose yet. And I, huh. I told her, I said, you know, you look at Colonel Sanders. He started Kentucky Fried Chicken in his 60s after he retired. That's right. So That's I'm like, right. you know, maybe your purpose isn't going to happen for another 40 years. But you can't close yourself, off to, uh, close yourself off to that. I mean, you know, I always tell people, don't die before you're dead. I mean, we all know people who are dead. They just haven't fallen over yet. They're just so, sleepwalking, right? Yeah, they're, they're, just, they're, they're zombies. They're going every day. So Man. I had this conversation wow. with her, and then I had – a basketball player from the Citadel who connected with me on LinkedIn. And he asked me, what are the things I need to do to be successful, not only in my career, but in life? So I started thinking, because I didn't want to give him the standard, you know, work mm-hmm. hard, help others, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, I wanted to do something deeper. So sure. I, I came up with these 10. And, and, and the one that I really like, and, and they're in no particular order, is most people think with their fears and their insecurities instead of using their minds. Mm. And, you know, I've done that in my life. You know, when I, when I I was a basketball player in high school, I had three knee surgeries and I thought I was damaged goods. It's like, you're you're never going to get a scholarship to college. Well, not only did I get a scholarship, I got a scholarship to a division one program after three knee surgeries. You know, you start, you start believing the stuff that you put into your mind. It's not baloney, man. It's not just uh, the secret or something. You're exactly right. And I love that you said insecurities because we're all insecure. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are. And and that's, and I, I think as soon as you realize that, it's like, you know, I'm no better than you. I'm no better than this person. Right. You know, we're all, like you said, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Whether you're white or black or red or yellow, it doesn't matter. We are all, we're all the human race. It shouldn't matter. That's for sure. I totally agree. Okay. So that's a great one. Don't do that. You know, go with your head. Think about it. Think it through. Give me another one of these off this uh, great book of yours, Terry Tucker. So one of the, one of the ones that, you know, and again, I, like I said, they are in no particular order whatsoever, but this one I like too. You are the person that you're looking to become. So if, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to be, I want to be a radio personality. I want to be uh, you know, better at relationships. I want to, you know, but I'm not now. Well, you're, you, that person you want to be, that's the person you are. I mean, you may not be there yet, but you're moving in that direction. Wow. And as long as you keep doing that, that's okay. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall down. You're going to have problems. That's okay. Just keep mm. moving towards that direction. And you'll- that's so true. 
It's so true. Like, cause I, I think a lot, like I want to do this. I'd love to speak more, be out and, you know, d- deal that way. But a lot of my career is music and, and dealing with, you know, being a radio personality around music. And I think I want to become that guy. And f- to say it that way, to, to, to hijack it to my own personal story, it's such a great point that just in the last weeks I've said, I'm already that guy. I need to do some more with it, but it's still me. Yes, that's exactly right. I mean, you, you are that person. You may not be there yet, but you're still that person. Yeah, that's really profound. I love that this guy asked you to do this and it turned into a great book. It Give did. me one more. Um, let's see. I mean, this is kind of, especially for younger people, one of the things I came up with was fail often, especially when you're young. <laughs> I, you know, people always ask me, you know, I want to do this, but I'm scared. And, and when they say that to me, what I tell them is, if, some, if you want to do something and it scares you, do it. Do it. Wow. Because if you think about it, some of the rich, richest real estate in our country or in any country are cemeteries because they're areas rich in, you know, books never written, businesses never started, relationships never pursued. So wow. if something scares you, you know, I want to ask that girl out. I want to ask that guy out. That scares me. What do you got to lose? Do it. Yeah. Do it. I wish you had grabbed me by the shoulders and said that as a kid, because it was like, got to be perfect with this. Got to be. And the you're not hitting the you're not hitting the uh, alleys. You know, you're not making those mistakes and learning from them. Because like you said, suffering is a great teacher. Failure is another one. Yeah, it really is. But people I mean, nobody sets out, you know, to fail. But right. You can you know, I, I, I can't remember the quote from I think it was Edison who said, you know, I, I, I've found 10,000 ways not to do the light bulb. You know, I haven't failed. I've learned, mm. you know, I, 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 I didn't fail. I either win or I learn. So either way you, you're, you know, you, you, you have something positive come out of what you tried to do. You know, I, I didn't living. get a date with that person. They don't want to date me, but I learned something about myself or I grew a little bit as a person. That's great. And we worry so much about what people will say, you know, but, you know, if you do have the spiritual life you have, or there's many ways to not worry about what everybody's saying about you. Absolutely. And, and you know, you have to be confident enough. You have to believe, um, you have to believe in yourself. You, you have to believe that you're going to make the right decisions, even when you make the wrong ones. And I think part of that, and, and, and I alluded to it a little bit more with when I talked about my player, is if mm-hmm. you lead, lead your light or live your life leading with your heart, you will, make, you will make it happen. I mean, I've had people say to me, well, you know, what if I don't have enough time to find my purpose, to live my purpose? And my response to that is, if, as long as you keep moving towards that direction, you don't say, you know what, I'm not going to find my purpose, so I'm just giving up and I'm going to be right here and that's it. As long as you keep moving forward, my belief is that God will always give you enough time to do what he put you on this earth to do. Mm, That is special. Terry Tucker on Life After Lemons. I'm Paul Cook. The book is Sustainable Excellence. I have a tough question for you. But first, uh, is the book available now, Terry? Today is the book's birthday. It it, it came out uh, today. Great. Excellent. Okay. Well, you got a really cool website, uh, motivationalcheck.com. Yeah. Motivationalcheck.com kind of came out of literally when I was, when I had my foot amputated, I would lay in bed. I, you know, I was kind of like, you know, Wyatt Earp. I, I, I had no <laughs> idea what I was going to do, where I was supposed to go, what I was supposed to. So every night I just kind of look at the ceilings like, God, wh- where am I going? What do you want me to do? 
And I was kind of hoping for, you know, the heavens to open and you will do that. (laughs) There's that old Lily Tomlin joke that says, you know, when we talk to God, it's called prayer. When God talks to us, it's called schizophrenia. So, um, (laughs) you know, I was kind of looking for something to do. And, you know, I kind of had people tell me, hey, you know, you should write a book or you should, uh, you know, do this podcast or or, or website and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, gee, I don't know. I mean, I'm old enough that I can barely turn on my cell phone in the morning. So, you know, to, to put together, um, you know, a blog motivational check. I mean, literally, it was four pages when I started. It took me four months because I'd be, you know, I'd be like, I'd read something like I have no idea what that is. I have to go research it, you know, come back. <laughs> yeah, you're becoming a computer programmer. Exactly. Right so it took me forever to just do four pages when, you know, I probably could have gone to my daughter and she would have done it in like 10 minutes. <laughs> That's right. You know? But uh, so, so I put this together and really it's a, the, the title motivational check came from my time when I was recruiting the Cincinnati Police Department and we were the 84th recruit class. And there was a saying and, and the saying was motivational check. So if we were doing something that somebody was just having a hard time with and they were, you know, they were just dragging and it's a tough day like we've mm-hmm. all had, they could yell out motivational check. And the rest of us would respond with 84, which was our class number, just to let them know that, hey, we're all hurting, you know, but we're here for you. We're here for each other. And it's funny because I just thought of another quick story about the police department. Sure. The defensive tactics instructor used to have us bring photos of the the people we love the most to class. And as he was teaching us techniques to defend ourselves out in the street, we were to look at those photos because his logic was you will fight harder for somebody you love than you will fight for yourself. And I Mm. kind of taken that in my own life, especially with cancer, because when it was suggested that I try chemotherapy, I was kind of at the end. I'm like, no, you know what? If this is my time, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go through all that. And so we kind of had a family meeting and, you know, my wife and daughter were like, no, you're taking chemotherapy. (laughs) (laughs) No choice, Terry, no choice. But you'll fight harder for the people you love. And I love them. And so, yeah, I'll I'll do that. I'll I'll fight for you. Mm. Mm. And that was uncomfortable. And but here you are, and uh, um, you've learned so very much. Okay, so uh, you really are an extraordinary guy. I mean, before cancer, before I just know it, I can hear it, uh, and reading about you, you really are Terry Tucker. What about the guy or the gal listening to Life After Lemons right now, and she says? You know, those guys are dynamic. They have great personalities and a rare motivation. I, I, or he, I, I appreciate it, but I'm just not that, um, dynamic as those guys. So, you know, uh, it's good, but whatever. What do you say to a guy like that? I guess I'd have one question. Do you want to be like that? And if your answer is yes, then I'll go back to the saying that I just gave you. You are the person you're looking to become. So, you know, yeah. Great answer. I mean, I've done a bunch of podcasts. My first one, I was practically throwing up in the sink. I was so sick <laughs> before I did it. I mean, I, I, I was I was on different drugs and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm never going to do this. And then yeah. I, I, I have to do this. I committed to this gentleman to, to be on his podcast. I, I can't leave him high and dry. And, and I did it. And then mm. I did another one. And I did another one. And the more I did it, the better I got at it. Just like anything in life, the more you practice, the more you work at it, you will get better at it. But if you yeah. just say that, you know what? I could never do what they did. 
you know, it's kind of like you see what you're looking for. If you see negativity or if you're looking for negativity, you're going to see that. If you're looking for positive things, you're going to see that too. It's up to you. That thought, changing those thoughts. And I love that gratitude uh, that you have. Uh, I'm regretful in one way, just that I haven't known you longer. And uh, I'm just so, so appreciative that you came on our podcast. Uh, can Will you keep us up to date, uh, Terry, or somebody? And uh, we'll, we'll hit your website, motivationalcheck.com. The book is Sustainable Excellence out today. Terry Tucker, uh, really thanks so much for sharing and for all the wisdom you imparted here. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.